Thanks for tuning into this special video edition of the Happiness Playbook, a podcast that supports your practice of play theory, a life strategy that helps you achieve happiness through hope, creativity, and validation of self and others. I'm Larie Florence. And I'm Adeline Florence. And together, we'll be your hosts today. Today's episode is special because not only is it a podcast, but we're doing it as a video, which means you'll be able to access it on YouTube or social media. You can also access it on our website, playtheory.org, or directly on the podcast app on your iPhone. So we're really excited for this episode. Yeah, I'm happy to be here with Adeline. I'm in town on a little trip, which is something everybody's doing. The vacation, I mean, the airport was so busy. I think everybody's traveling because we haven't been able to for a few summers. Yeah, airports are opening up. It's been really nice. We just went on a really fun trip to Peru, one of the last episodes where we talked about it. So we thought it'd be relevant to talk a little bit about how play theory can benefit you in your travels this summer. Yes, back in episode 93, I shared a little bit about our trip when I talked about Lake Titicaca and our time on the wonderful island of Amantani. And um, after we left Lake Titicaca, we went up to Cusco and we spent some time there. And then we got the chance to do the Inca Trail. It was amazing. And I went home after that, but Addie stayed in Peru. Yeah, we kind of kept the party going. So me and my dad and my brother and a few other people stayed and did the Wash Trail, which is a nine-day trek over 70 miles in the like higher parts of Peru. So high elevation, really intense backpacking, but so really beautiful. So by high elevation... She's, she's not kidding. That's why I went home. Because uh, 15,000 feet? 16,000 feet. Yeah, camping. at Where, where were you sleeping? You are sleeping really um, I think our highest camp was 15,000. It was like the low 15,000s. I want to say 15,300. I could be wrong, so don't quote me on that. But Yeah, it's that's rough. It takes your breath away to be hiking at those elevations. Yeah. So we thought we'd share a little bit of our travelogue and how applying the principles of play theory not only makes your life at home better, but is essential when you're out of your normal life and your regular routine. So we've also added some photos and check our Instagram and those places to see some of the pictures of the places we're talking about. And if you're watching on YouTube, of course, you'll be able to see them as we go along. Yeah. And just speaking of social media, I wanted to do a little team huddle and thank everybody for being so like involved with social media and liking, commenting, following, and sharing. I've been running the social media for the last few months now, and I've loved getting to share the content and see like, how many people are enjoying this. So we really appreciate when you share the content, and we'd love it if you continue doing that. So make Addie's Day and like and share and comment when we post yes, on Instagram. Please go follow us at The Happiness Playbook. Yeah, And also you can find us on Play Theory at Facebook. And you can always make a comment on the website on playtheory.org. Yeah, we'd love hearing your thoughts and your reviews. And if you leave a review, you get the chance to be featured in our episode too. So uh, we, we mentioned we got to hike the Inca Trail. And I was so blessed because all of my children were able to come and do this all together. And that was crazy because they're adults. They have their own schedules. And it was a lot to coordinate getting them there. And as we mentioned, the airports are busy, everyone's traveling, and my husband just went above and beyond to schedule all the flights. And despite getting everything set and booked, there were still numerous flight cancellations before everybody could even get there. And luckily, my kids are very versed in play theory, and they're, they're good at applying these principles. So 
when that first set of flights was canceled, nobody even blinked an eye. They're like, yeah, we can, we can accept this and we'll find another flight and we'll just rearrange what we need to arrange. And they all deserve a Play Theory medal. So I wanted to talk, Addie and I are gonna share just a little bit more in detail about my son Truman and his wife, Katie, because they, I think they had the hardest yeah. challenges, right? <laughs> for sure. She, her sister was getting married, and of course they needed to be there for that special event, which added another constraint to their travel time. And um, they had a really limited window on getting down to Peru and acclimatizing, because the Inca Trail's not as high as Waiwash. Yeah. But they want you to spend time there, otherwise you can get altitude sickness, which is no fault of your own, but you, you get very sick because your body hasn't gotten used to the, the lower amount of oxygen. But uh, we assured our guides, Katie and Truman are, are veteran hikers, they're young, they'd be fine, so they let us uh, get them there as close to the departure time as possible. But then... Yeah, I, well, when Larissa is cl- as close to the departure time as possible, we mean that they got to the hotel at about 5 a.m. and we left at 7 yeah, it was crazy. So it wasn't just like, oh no, they lost a day here, but like we literally pushed the time that we left from like 4 a.m. to do it later in the morning so they could make it. And on top of that, like rush to leave, their luggage got lost somehow, and so then they were without well, luggage, without their backpacks. Just to rewind, we got a phone call that their flight that was going to get them in the night before at like 11 p.m. had got canceled, but they... <laughs> They didn't give up. They accepted. They built. They let go and played. They found another flight. Then on that flight, they had someone else on the plane had a medical emergency, and they had to land in an unscheduled airport, which put them into their connecting flight late. And they right. literally... Has anyone been to the Salt Lake Airport, and you go out to the B gates? It's literally a mile. Yes. <laughs> Truman said they had to run, and they're calling their names as they're getting there for their connection. Oh my gosh. They barely made that, but as Eddie said... Their luggage didn't. Yeah. So, yeah. So between all of that chaos, they didn't have their luggage, and I think it's one thing if you're going to Hawaii and you need to go buy a new swimsuit and some sunblock. Yeah. Like, hey, new clothes. Great. But for like pretty extreme like backpacking trip. Yeah. They were they were facing what 14 days in the wilderness because of Machu Picchu and then Waiwash. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And so, at least for this first leg of it, which is the Inca Trail, which is a four-day backpacking trip, you need your hiking shoes. You need, like, all of that is technical gear that also I'm sure they had spent months, like, oh, I'm, like, researching what they want and ordering that and getting that all prepared and then to not have any of that. Yeah. stressful. Yeah. So, we got the phone call. Truman called uh, my husband and I 11.30 that night saying, good news, we made it to Lima. We'll be in Cusco in the morning but our luggage isn't going to be there. So we, we put out an all-points bulletin and asked the rest of our group, and luckily, luckily there were a number of us, and we said, okay, we need an extra pair of socks. We need yeah. extra underwear. We need everybody to throw extra in snacks. some of their extra snacks to cover two people for four days. Yeah, which I think just like tying it back into play theory, because Truman and Katie did an incredible job of let go and play and accept and build, because they let go and play with all of the plans, all of the clothes they bought, all of the snacks, and they were able to accept and build and they keep trying. Like, okay, that didn't work. What else can we do that didn't work? Let's keep doing it. And then on our end as well, like the whole group, I think, was just like super good at looking outward right there because it would have been easy to be like, oh, I don't want to give up my socks. I know, that yeah. sucks for them. Okay, they yeah. could go buy more stuff. But like everybody just like 
contributing a little bit added up and I think that's what made the difference honestly totally yeah and and luckily it's pretty cold on airplanes so they wore their puffies on their flight so <laughs> yeah because I don't know why I didn't really think it through but it's winter in the southern hemisphere during our summer so yeah. they needed some warmer gear <laughs> yeah definitely warmer it so was there, cold there there was stuff that that did work out that was miraculous, you know, like yeah. I think they had their, well, they actually hike in Chacos and they were wearing their Chacos on the flight. Yeah. And so there was some stuff that really would have been challenging, much more challenging to replace. But yeah, overall though, they, you know, the rest of that hike on Machu Picchu, I would see Katie wearing one of my shirts or yeah. something. I'm like, what? Oh, that's right. I let you borrow that. And yeah. I didn't hear them complain once. No, they were such good sports about it. Yeah. And I think that right there is the power of play theory because I think on all of our vacations, like everybody that travels understands something's going to go wrong. Either like the dinner reservation, you have to wait, like you're so hungry, you don't eat till it's 9 p.m. and you're all hangry and grumpy or your flight gets canceled or the hotel, like something goes wrong when you travel. And being able to have the mindset to let go and play of the plans of everything you've coordinated and especially when you're traveling with other people, because play theory, mm. it works best with other people, right? It's like meant to help you collaborate and create with other people. And so I think and, using... And that's what a trip is, right? You're collaborating right. this experience and none of you have done it before. It's not right. like you can rehearse a trip. And so you're going to accept what you have and build yeah. on that with the people that you're with. Yeah, totally. So I think when you're able to apply that, it makes the trip so much better. Even if everything goes wrong, you're still able to have fun and create memories because that's part of it too like you're collaborating and creating these incredible experiences so even if they're not the experiences that you like were hoping for or had coordinated and planned you can still like still create incredible yeah. stuff yeah and I think there's a fine line between this expectation and then the experience and you're going to have the experience no matter what your expectation is the, ex the experience is going to happen and your expectations you can't, you can't go on a trip without packing. You can't yeah. have, you have to have expectations of what will I need. And, and I think Petrina and Katie not having their luggage for this hike, it's kind of a really specific expectation. So it's a great way to, to look at that, that mindset and how you've got to let go of it because it's, even, even if your luggage does arrive, then there's something like Addie was saying that doesn't work out the way you thought um, like for me, just one that was kind of silly, but I was expecting Lima, Peru to be warm and sunny and it was summer. <laughs> well, they call it Lima La Gris because that's Lima the Gray because yeah. if you if you know Pacifica, California, there's this geologic feature that makes it cloudy all day long, almost all year long. There's a few months there that the sun shines, but Lima's, even when it's not winter for them in the Southern Hemisphere, it's still cloudy. Right. And yeah. I was so confused when I first got there and I was like Lima La Gris what is this why did they and you're gonna have that's why you travel is to learn new things and so how ridiculous to travel and to have a closed mind or to not be flexible with your expectations not let go and play yeah totally so so Truman and Katie the Machu Picchu that the trail to Machu Picchu was fantastic yeah we're, we're gonna we're gonna hopefully superimpose over us talking right now some footage of it and it was beautiful and it was amazing and so worth it. And we encourage anybody who, who has the means, the opportunity to take that. But then I went home and got to relax, but they carried on to the whitewash. And I'm going to let Addie tell a little bit of, of, of Truman and Katie how they continue to be 
It's like they're ninja <laughs> warrior <laughs> survivors. Yeah. Well, it was just like luckily they get they got their luggage. So I guess one thing to outfit people with snacks and clothes for four days, but this is now. 10 days, nine days of hiking, like a lot more. So, so we, we regrouped. We finished Machu Picchu. Yeah. They were able to get their luggage that had finally arrived at the airport. They shipped it to the hotel and then you guys had a day to like regroup. Yeah. Yeah. We drove to, um, like where we would start Wash trail and it was incredible, but people started getting sick. My brother Emmett got sick the day before we started the trail and then the day of, he was like, I know I'm sick. I'm not going yeah, to be able did, to. Yeah, uh, they did. You had to do an acclimatization hike, right? The guys yeah. take you out to make sure that you're, you're not going to implode on the trail. And yeah, exactly. And he almost did. Not yeah, really, he, didn't, he didn't make it. <laughs> yeah. So, sadly, he had to go home. And that was really sad right off the bat. And then all of us are, are paranoid that we're all going to get sick. And Katie started to feel sick the second day. or maybe kind of like the- Agatha Christie's novel, Ten Little Indians, where there's someone's getting murdered one at a time. <laughs> And then there were none. Maybe that's the name. There's, there's, well, she writes a lot of murder, murder mysteries, but yeah, the definitely. suspense. Who's next? Yeah, the suspense. Who's next? Are we next? All that. Well, and then you don't feel good at altitude, even if, even if you are. I have a friend who she ran the Boston Marathon. She's super strong. She got altitude sickness up skiing at a ski resort just out of the blue. So yeah, it, it's not a reflection of your fitness level. Yeah. So, but you, you have like a little headache, a little indigestion. So you would feel those things and think, oh no. This. Yeah, exactly. You're like paranoid. Like, am I, is it just altitude or is this something more? You're always scared. And Katie like started to feel worse and worse. And the second day she got really sick. And the third day, and it was just like, it's so sad because we had seen Emmett and how sick he got. He got really, really sick. And so I was like, well, this is the same thing as Emmett. You're going to be wiped out. This isn't just like a little head cold. Yeah. So that was really discouraging. Just like everything that happened to them was like, and now are you going to go home from the Y-Wash? Well, and Katie and Truman had invited, they had some friends that they knew from yeah. from college that had joined them at, for just that part of the trek. And so they're the connecting pieces. Between. Yeah, totally. Uh, That's like when you have like a friend and then a mutual friend and the like person that knows you both leaves. You're like, I don't, I don't know what to talk about. So they were feeling that pressure and then they're trying to decide what to do. Yeah, exactly. So that was a lot of... Like, looking outward to see... that I think this, in some ways, is, like, a harder looking outward because it's looking outward for what's needed, like, for yourself as well. Cause, and, like, yeah. Truman did a lot of looking outward. Like, like they stayed in their tent a lot rather than coming out and, like, eating with us and, like, being social. Like, that would be really hard for him to stay away from all of that. And they were really kind of social distancing as well. So I think there was a lot of looking outward for both of them. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, and, and when it appeared that this was the worst, it was an altitude, it was something that, that wasn't going to go away, they were able to, the guys were able to take them out through a small little pueblito, a little yeah. village up there. And then, uh, luckily, they're both Spanish speakers, but the guy put them on this, this, what Truman described as a van pool, where <laughs> there was a guy who would go out um, once a week to pick up people who were traveling to remote villages as teachers or who had to travel that way. And so... They're there with this this little smaller van with all these people for hours driving. <laughs> so yeah, so not only is she sick, in the high country of Peru, yeah, yeah, not only is she sick and leaving this incredible adventure and like, in some ways giving up, but not in like a bad way giving up, but just like you have to go home. You're sick. It could be really discouraging. Yeah, really discouraging. And it's not like you just get to walk off and go to a nice hotel. Like you have to go through this yeah. full another day of 
terrible like back road bumpy road swerving curves driving that just makes you so carsick yeah so yeah. so they then they finally got to a place that had paved roads and they got a, more of a public transport van back into Lima and the, the most amazing thing is they didn't ever complain and they had trip insurance and so I love this about them they were able to accept and build because at that point I'd be like get me out of this country I want to go so home. done yeah and they're in, in Lima La Gris maybe feeling gray themselves but they said you know what we've got trip insurance and they give us this much an allowance and Lima has amazing food yeah the food I had no idea that so good Peru was a foodie trip so much good food so this was their great they, you know they let go and play they they weren't on the whitewash, but they were still in Lima, and Katie was feeling better now. This thing had finally passed. Yeah. And so they were like, let's go hunt down some of the, the Michelin restaurants, the five-star or the really highly rated restaurants, and just we're going to love everything about Lima for the next few days until our flight. Yeah. I, I love that about them. So it was not the trip they had planned. Very disrupted by, by illness and disappointment, but they just were super positive I asked him would you guys ever go back like oh yeah we love Peru <laughs> yeah I know their story is insane how much like every bad thing that could happen when you're traveling happened to them and I think they both have amazing attitudes and I think part of like why they're able to make it such a trip such a good trip is because of play theory because they're able to apply yeah. all of the principles in different situations yeah yeah and I think you know in a group setting especially it's it's important that everybody is able to you know, look outward, let mm -hmm. go of expectations, and stay present with the group and accept what comes and make the most of it. So I think we're just going to touch on a few more little examples of, of ways that we practiced play theory while, while we were traveling. So if you know Machu Picchu, I didn't realize this really until I was there. There's another mountain that rises up above it called Huayna Picchu, and it's 850 feet higher and you have to buy a pass. My sweet husband figured it out about the months in advance because they only let 400 people a day up this trail because it's very steep. It's very doable, but it's very steep. And if you had too many people, it would be bad. But it's, it's intimidating. And I don't like heights. But I also knew I, I didn't want to miss out on this. You know, FOMO, it's a real thing. Mm -hmm. and Especially in our family. <laughs> I'd asked a few people who were coming off the trail how it was I'm like oh it's doable it's hard but it's doable so I said all right I'm gonna I'm gonna muscle up I'm gonna I'm gonna put on my play theory pants and I'm gonna be present with each step up the staircase and I'm not going to let these thoughts of I'm gonna fall off the mountain overwhelm me and create a sense of, of you know fear or heightened discomfort and um, my son Emmett he was really sweet on the so I, I made it Yay! We did it. <laughs> and it was amazing. And it was really steep. And if you're watching this or if you see it on social media, you will hopefully comprehend it. Even though taking the videos, it's still hard to comprehend it. But Yeah, you're literally climbing like you're using, staircase ladders. Yeah, you're using hands and feet at some point. But it worked for me because there were there was foliage. And so I could, I could look at the stairs and not get swept away by the view and feel like, yeah. oh, man, I'm so high up. And then... My son Emmett, I asked him, would you be my buddy and just stick right with me? And I was able to just focus on him the whole way down. And that I was able to be present with that rather than, oh, how much farther? Or look at that person way down there. Or look how steep this is. I just kept my eye on the back of his head. 
and was present in each moment, each step I had to take. And that got me up and down Huayna Picchu, which I think is super impressive because I know me. <laughs> but that's the power of play theory. Yeah. Yeah, play theory really does like work wonders on fears and different all different aspects. It's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, I think there are so many different small events too throughout the trip where play theory was applied, which was just crazy. Like part of it too, like it was really cold in Lima, like you were talking about earlier. We're coming from Utah, California, like different places that's all very warm. Like 100 degrees, kind of warm. Yeah, it's hard to, hard to imagine you're going to be cold outside. Yeah, exactly. And then going to this where it's winter time, it's 50 degrees, it's cold. And like we had all brought warm stuff, but I think we're just, all in denial of that it yeah, was going to be just cold. Yeah, can't comprehend it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so I think it was kind of fun to be able to like accept and build with that. Like, okay, yes, it's cold. And we brought our stuff that we're going to layer up. And there are locals here that spend their whole day knitting these incredible sweaters and making these incredible like headbands headbands and hats and everything. Let's support their local businesses and buy those. And then we all have these fantastic alpaca sweaters for the hikes and stuff. And that was really fun. Yeah. Yeah. So rather than complaining or, you know being disappointed that your expectation of a warm summer trip wasn't met. Yeah, that was a great way of accepting and building. Yeah. I know uh, Jeff, my, my son-in-law, he is this big, strong man. <sighs> and they had a really confined schedule because leaving little grandkids at home and they didn't want to miss out on grandkid time or, you know, they're with their children and all of that. And they didn't have time to acclimatize before they hit the Machu Picchu Trail. And he got altitude sickness the second day. And... At first, he was in denial, right? Yeah. He was like, no, no. And the guides, they've been, they've been there. They know. They know. And they're like, no, dude, you, you've got altitude. You need to. They're giving him the, the coca leaf tea, and they're telling him, we, we're going to divvy up your pack. Everyone's going to carry your pack. You need to let go of this expectation that you don't need help. And he fought it for a little while. Yeah. And then we were all just like, Jeff, this is, this is altitude. This isn't, this isn't anything about your, you know, your manhood. And, so he was able to relinquish his pack and and keep up with us because he really was sick. It was miserable. He was miserable that day. Yeah. And the guys assured him that was on. I think we had an eleven thousand foot pass or something. And they assured him, you'll you'll feel better after today. Today's the hardest day. And and sure enough, he did. And I think sometimes that's a hard way to let go when yeah. when we have an expectation of our capacity and sometimes it's out of our control. But we all were happy we were looking outward we were happy to help him and because he was able to let go and play he could keep up with us because he didn't have to carry his pack yeah exactly but it was hard yeah it definitely was hard i think that's one of the harder ones for me well i think we've touched on a lot of different ways that play theory can help and benefit your traveling and enhance your experience hopefully everybody's getting a chance to get out of town for the weekend, go camping, get some sunshine this summer. So hopefully this episode has given you some good tips for that. So we wanted to give you a little pro tip this week. So this week we wanted to to invite you as you are traveling or having fun summer experiences to really lean into play theory. And it doesn't have to be like some insane trip to Peru or Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, that that was was crazy. It was amazing. Once in a lifetime. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And uh, hopefully not all of your travels are as challenging as Trimley and Katie's were over that month-long trip, but we hope that 
even just a small day hike, something like that, you'll be able to apply the principles of being able to let go and play as plans change and look outward to what other people need and just accept and build as stuff changes and flows and just and get the most out of it by being present where you are if it's a hike to a waterfall just really bask in it while you're there and let go of the job back home or the worries that you left behind and that's why you got out is to escape them be present with where you're going exactly well that was fun to rehash some of our trip and thank you for joining our conversation thanks for listening for those of you who are watching thanks for that Be sure to check out the Happiness Playbook on Instagram or on Facebook. We're the Play Theory, so that's how you find us there. And we would love to hear your comments. If you've been to Peru, let us know. And if if you learned something that you really value, we'd love to hear about it. Next time, we're going to be talking about the paradox of being willing to lose if you want to win. So until then, remember, happy isn't something that happens. It's something that you make happen. And the Happiness Playbook, that's what we're all about, helping you do just that. So until next week, whether you're at home or traveling the wide world, keep practicing happy. You got this. Thanks for joining us.